Welcome to the Goddess Ceremony Podcast, your space to find empowerment and wisdom on your journey. We talk about it all, sacred women's wisdom, empowered entrepreneurship, and everything you never learned about your body in one inspiring space. I'm your host, Cassandra Wilder. Let's dive in. Welcome back, my beautiful friends, to the Goddess Ceremony Podcast. I've got such a special episode for all of you today, and I know it is going to change lives. I'm so grateful to welcome in one of my dear friends and a absolute soul sister, Jennifer Madrid. This interview is incredibly juicy, and it is so relevant right now, especially. We talk about entrepreneurship and what it looks like to take the leap. This incredible woman worked in New York City in corporate America for over 15 years, and then one day decided to follow her own story. So she left it all behind without any security, without any uh, savings. She didn't even know where she was going to end up in the world, but she knew that there was something greater for her out there. She really has a powerful story of taking the leap, even when the road looks uncertain. And she even shares some great wisdom about how uncertainty is always around us, and it is up to us if we let it stop us or liberate us. If you don't know who Jennifer Madrid is, you're missing out, so you need to go follow her on Instagram. She's the creator of She Vibes High, a platform that empowers women to step into their feminine power. She believes that when we connect to the divine feminine within, we're able to create our business that we love, manifest our dream lives, travel the world, or maybe all of the above. <laughs> her transformation of leaving behind her corporate career of 15 years to shift into the unknown has allowed her to be a really exceptional guide in this world for women going through deep transition, and she helps them take deep responsibility for self. So you're going to love this interview. We talk about what it means to serve versus nourish ourselves, how we can take that leap, the illusion of comfort that maybe a nine to five grants us, and how we can really find wisdom in uncertain times. I hope you enjoy it. Here we go. So welcome, Jennifer. How are you doing? I'm doing great, Cassandra. I'm so hyped for this call. I think we're going to talk about some amazing things, talk about, you know, what it means to be an entrepreneur right now, obviously the world pandemic, since that is incredibly relevant. So much goodness here. So I know that for a long time, you worked in New York City, in corporate America, doing the thing, doing the grind, living that hustle life. But then you ultimately left all that behind and traveled to discover your purpose. And I think what's really remarkable about your story is you leaped really into the unknown. You didn't have really a, a goal in mind or a plan. You just knew that you wanted to change. So can you walk us through that journey from Jennifer in corporate America <laughs> to the woman you are now? Woohoo! Oh my God, it seems so long ago, although it was just in 2017, which was three years ago. <laughs> um, but yeah, you, you summarized it so well. Like um, I had spent 15 years in New York City or in the tri-state area working and um, yeah, working in corporate America, the good nine to five. And there was a certain point, I think it was 2010, um, where I started venturing out. I started seeing that all I did was work every single day. Even on the weekends, I thought about work. My ownership and loyalty to the firm that I was working with was like 110%, definitely a people pleaser, you know, and it just really consumed me so much that that's all I thought about. And I was so in my masculine and things started to happen, you know, um, around either physically and or just 
energetically, we're starting to shift where I'm like, this is my 100% identity. There's something wrong with me. (laughs) That's what I was telling myself. And so I was like, well, what could I do to move this and start to look within and start to see how I'm more than just my job? And that's where all the beautiful retreats started coming up, all the communities, all the retreat centers I used to go to, every program I used to like sign up for. I did this probably for four to five years. I started satiating my curiosity for things that I enjoyed. And in that space, I started filling up my own cup, right? And so what I think is natural is that you start looking at your job or your career and you're probably not connected with it anymore. I wasn't, you know, in line with their goals anymore. I was like, we really do not need to do that presentation, you know, or it's not that serious. And so, um, yeah, things just started happening. And then the 2008 crisis happened. I got severanced out, like half of the company got severanced out. Later in life, I went to another company and I got laid off. And so I was like, whoa, what's this pattern, you know, that's happening? Like, what's this nudge from the universe? Um, And still, I was still very um, not in the entrepreneurial state. I remember a friend walking in Brooklyn. She was already a coach for five or six years. She was like, why don't you start your own business? And I literally said to her, I was like, are you crazy? (laughs) Like, you know, I just like, it was a, a complete no reaction. We were so, I was so used to saying no to the unknown, saying like, that's so risky. I'm like, how am I going to give up a paycheck? How am I going to do all these things? And um yeah, and look where I'm at now. So I'm, I'm very blessed to have gone through that. But um, in general, I think many of us can relate to the story or probably starting to relate to the story, um, especially now with everything that's going on, that nothing is really certain. And the more and more that you can build your own identity, your own self-worth, your own capacity, your own empowerment, and that in itself gives you that um, that beauty of doing whatever you'd like to to do, right? This is your life. This is your time to reinvent yourself as many ways as you'd like. And for me specifically, it was the the fact that I was, I believed I needed to get all my credentials, all everything that we were, were told that we need to do to be successful. I had achieved all those things. I had achieved great success in money and business And I still felt a little lost, right? I still Mm -hmm. felt like unconnected with what the work I was doing. I had no impact I felt. And so, yeah, that's where my journey kind of in search began. Wow. It's amazing. You know, I really admire your insight when you took a moment to pause and look at the pattern Mm -hmm. as though something was continuing to redirect you, but we get so stuck in our head and we say, no, I'm going to prevail. I'm going to make this happen. So when you did ultimately leave, you decided to go and travel. And was that a very open-ended kind of thing? Like you just thought you would find where you're meant to be? Right. Yeah. So this is 2017. I took a consulting gig in Connecticut. I did that for nine months. It was supposed to be three months. They asked me to come in full time. And I said, no. And it was the first time me saying no. Um, I mean, I can't say no the first time. The first time from a... hmm, from a job opportunity standpoint, because generally speaking, I had always either been promoted or been referred and just accepted, you know, the beauty or negotiated it. And in this case, I said no. And there was a little bit of a grieving process. I literally went to a woman's circle, like in my yoga studio at the, t- at the yoga studio I was a part of. 
And I started crying, you know, like shortly after. And it was, and we spoke about it as women. And it was because I was grieving, even though I said no, and I knew it was the right answer for me. It was still very much a hard decision to make, to walk away from, you know, above six figure job from the stability. Um, so yeah, just know that when you do make decisions that are even in, um, in for your highest good, it's still not necessarily always a happy decision at the moment. There could be an emotional release with it. So, yeah, so that happened. And then I just do what I normally do. I've been traveling for years. I mean, I'm um, a daughter of immigrants and we always traveled when I was very young every summer. And then, you know, once I was 18, I just was like, I ain't going back to that country. I, I know it so well. I need to see the rest of the world. So definitely as part of my therapy in general, travel has always been a beautiful um, transformation for me. And so what I did was I signed up for yoga teacher training in Thailand um, and I went over there for July. But I also spent two months in Europe and so that was like the fall of 2017 and then somewhere in there... You know, I had a cousin that lived in Bali. We all know about Bali from Eat, Pray, Love. We <laughs> had never gone. I've been to Asia several times, but it, Bali was just not in the playing field. And so then I was in Barcelona and literally bought a ticket the day before. And I said, yeah, I'm going to go to Bali. <laughs> I just was like, it's either go back to the U.S. and find a job, you know, or go to Bali. I was like, I think I need to still like be in this space of trying to figure out what's next. So Anybody listening, I did not have savings for this. I did not plan for it. I literally went just because I knew I didn't want to be back at the U.S. That wasn't the energy I wanted to be in. And so I get to Bali. I made a decision that I was going to be there for a month and then go to Colombia to do a yoga internship, if you will. And I even signed up for it. I interviewed it. I had everything set up for it. But I deferred it because once I was in Bali, there was this energy was like, nah, you're not leaving. (laughs) you you need to stay here and didn't know why but that's where I think my intuition I mean we've always we are always intuitively guided but my connection to it and my honoring of it was um I was starting to listen to it and actually accept it and so there was many opportunities of people asking me to come back for different things and I just didn't feel the urge I was like no I feel good here and Mm -hmm. so um yeah and I two years later (laughs) I, you know, I spent most of my time in Bali. I went to other Asian countries, but for the most part, my home base was Bali. And then until like literally one month ago, um, I had to come back to the U.S. due to COVID slash visa. Um, I couldn't mm-hmm. extend my visa there anymore. And so um had to come back here. But I'm so grateful, you know, there's reasons yeah. for everything. So I think Bali does that. It has this magnetism to it. And once you go there... It's like you can't leave. Like It's not even a personal choice anymore. It's just you're in it. I definitely had about 10 or 15 people visit me in the two years, you know, different people from the U.S. or abroad. And even if they came, Cassandra, just for a weekend, they still had a lesson. You know, mm. it's just an amazing, magical place that brings, you know, people know it for paradise. And I get that. But for me, at least in this state of my journey, it was really a, a moment, um, a time for solitude a time for reflection, a time for deep growth. And, you know, it. all the things that I learned there have been servicing me right now during this period um, of the global pandemic. So, 
And you know, that segues into the next question beautifully, because I was going to ask how has the pandemic changed how you do business? And I don't think it could have affected you more, right? You're like, I had to leave where I was living. Totally. I'm like, first off, I had to leave Bali. And it was so literally that Monday, I left on a on a Thursday, right? No, on a Saturday, sorry, that Monday, I had, I had restocked everything in my studio. I was like, okay, I don't know what's going to go on here, but I'm just going to restock everything. You know, I had gone and purchased things. That Wednesday, I was still in full alignment that I was going to be there. I had someone working on my extension for Visa. And then things just happened. Um, I think that weekend in March, something just happened globally where a lot of travel bans were happening. Anyway, point is, I booked a flight. But it was literally, I had to pack things. I had to leave things with my cousin. Um, So absolutely, it did change my business, but it allowed me to definitely be vulnerable, um, you know, do some lives on it, um, explain to people what was going on with me even once I got here. Um, I will say that in the travel here in the first 10 days, look, we all experience fears and you know, we're all humans. And definitely for the first 10 days, I would say that it was in that energy. Um, And I started observing how I was influencing the people I was with in the US. And I was like, okay, you know, and so some anxiety built up and I needed to cope with that and release it. And once I did that, it's been really, I've been in such a been back to myself, if you will. So all to say that the travel, the movement, all of these things did bring up fears, right? Collective energy that we feel from everyone and my own. And so um, I don't know, I'm, I'm in real gratitude for that because it really demonstrated me the power of fear, the power of the mental spiral, the power of emotional health and how important it is for us to uh, tap in and generate into that life force daily. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. So from a from a physical standpoint, from a, a personal standpoint, absolutely, it has affected my business. But, you know, from a messaging standpoint, I would say it hasn't because my messaging plat- platform has always been to empower women to drop the labels, drop the fears, drop anything that will allow them to really realize their full potential and capacity, that energy yeah. of feeling alive. And so. My messaging, you know, obviously, I think what it's asked us to do is be a lot more sensitive, um, probably a lot more DMs, you know, um, people like even last night, someone did a Reiki session for the first time in my circle. And she was like, I need to know more about how to drop into my feminine. And so I gave her a lot of tips for that. And so it's beautiful. A lot of people asking for book suggestions, different meditation routines. So I've been honored to people have remembered me for that. And I'm able to support them and give them so much value at this time. And at least from my perspective, watching your brand and, you know, your Instagram, which if you're not following her, she's the most beautiful curated Instagram ever. And your messaging has truly felt more relevant than ever because you do advocate so much to trust and to allow and to soften. And I think that's that's the entire energy of the world right now. Mm. So... I have a a question for you. Mm -hmm. So a lot of people know that I normally coach entrepreneurs and I think you're very similar and help them, you know, start to step into their power and step into their mission. But when I start working with brand new entrepreneurs, they're often a bit scared because, and you said this earlier, they say, what about the unpredictability of it? Why 
would I give up a paycheck or something I can rely on? You know, why would I give up consistency for such an unknown? And we're seeing things really flip around right now where entrepreneurship is not seen quite as risky or scary because we're seeing nine to fives go under. We're seeing people who thought they had consistency in a job suddenly be out of work, which is devastating and heartbreaking for all of these people. So what advice would you give someone who's taking this as a sign that they need to work for themselves, they need to start their own business, they need to create value for their people? Oh my God. I mean, do it, right? <laughs> just, just do it like Nike. No, but um, it will be the the most impressionable, one of the most impressionable things that you ever do in your life. I mean, if you're anything like, I'm sure Cassandra myself, it will be a self-development journey that you will always cherish and remember. I mean, I think self-empowerment goes hand in hand with self-responsibility, and for many entrepreneurs, it's that radical responsibility that propels us for greatness, right? Because it mm. because no one's working with us anymore. We can't um, hide anymore. We can't, um, I mean, there's ways to always hide, but you can't hide, you know, against a team, uh, a bigger corporation. Um, now, if you're not making money, you got to look at yourself, you know, you got to see, you got to look at yourself and be like, what am I not doing to allow for more you know, clients for more abundance? How can I provide more value? And so literally the the pointing of the fingers are always back to yourself. And I literally wrote a post, I think, on this this week. And just part of the self-awareness journey is knowing that we are flawed, right? And so I think with entrepreneurship specifically, uh, it allows us to really see where we can improve, where we have been, you know, um, playing small, how can we do more? And so we daily hone in on this because it's in front of our face. And so that really allows us to um, really be the, the people that we are. But going back to your question, absolutely, like there is an illusion going on, right? With with money, with um, these structures. I, I mean, certain certainty is an illusion, right? And so it's time for us to really ground down and just be more empowered, you know, that we are not reliant on this, this construct that really allows us to just play in the world of fear. If you really, really read some or saturate your mind, you can see that a lot of these structures have really been playing with our spirit for a long time. And so how can we detach and really unleash our spirit um, where it can um, thrive, where we can make our own abundance where we can connect with others, where we can work with people we love and enjoy, you know, um, and it's part of our rules and our things and just trust it all. So I know there's a lot in there and there's a lot of like <laughs> woo words, but I don't know what else to say. Like, I think when you, like for me in Bali, I have had in the U.S., I've lived in New York City. I had a great apartment. I've had six-figure salaries plus great bonuses. I've lived the lifestyle, if you will, right? But I also went to Bali and I lived with so far less and felt so much joy. And so for me, living and experiencing the both extremes, whether it was money-related, allowed you really to confront your ego and uh, confront a lot of the things that you felt attached to and why is that so important that you can cultivate joy just from your own vessel. I don't know. For me, my journey has brought me back to me, has brought me back to 
the cultivation. So when it comes to entrepreneurship, I just feel like you have to put more trust in yourself. And um, yeah. Beautifully said. Wow. And okay, so now my next question for you is Mm -hmm. because you just opened up this whole, I can't even talk now because I'm just like still thinking about what you said. (laughs) So Right now, we obviously need leaders and mentors and guides more than ever. I, I think you, you, know, you shared in your DMs and you have people reaching out to you. People are hungry for something to connect them, to ground them and remind them that what they're feeling is okay. So how do you think an entrepreneur can rise up right now and really, really serve? Wow. So I think you need to think bigger picture. If you are obviously a light worker, a person who's already spiritual, you understand that this is bigger than us. Um, if you are just starting off in your journey, then, you know, I invite you to think bigger, think bigger picture, um, ground down that the need is greater than your fears, that your service is of like utmost importance. And if you only like serve one person, how fulfilling that would be. I think sometimes what I used to do is put myself in the shoes of that person who is in need of my gifts. And in you shunning them and you not rising up, you are not allowing that person to kind of continue on in their journey. So it's an immense amount of pressure that I'm saying or responsibility, but I do think we, we have that type of um, impact. And if you can like be enveloped in that type of love energy and that heart space versus your head, there's no way that I think you can't... Um, be in that, uh, the goodness of wanting to serve at this time. I think for people who are already doing, who are entrepreneurs, you know, a few years in, then there's always ways we can up level. I mean, I don't know how it is, how, you know, it's the design of the universe of how it is, but it doesn't matter what level you are. Even if you're Tony Robbins, you could still up level, you know, I'm sure right now, everyone, it doesn't matter what craft they're in, they can still provide more value, show more compassion. And so there's so much of it. And I think a part of this is allowing, and I love that you were talking about my messaging, because one of the biggest things that I had to also um, allow, especially if you work a lot in the masculine, um, just because of our uh, society, is, and especially as women, is because we're people pleasers, we're nurturers by nature, is like, how do we allow for love? How do we allow for growth? How do we allow for receipt? of abundance. I think that's super powerful because I'm sure I read this somewhere, but love and money and abundance are all in the same energy, the same thing with client attraction. So it's it's super important for us to allow for love, not just give love. And so, um, but yeah, I agree hundred percent. We all need leaders and mentors at this time. If I had known about coaching at the age of 19, I probably would have done it. <laughs> same, same. I often think back to my entrepreneur journey and I was so hard-headed and was like, I'm going to do it my way and I'm going to figure it out. Um, oh, let's not talk about stubborn. Absolutely. I totally agree. The first, Even the first six months when I started before I got a coach, I was like, well, I know business. I know how to run a 17-person team in digital marketing. Why can't I do my own business? Right. But that's not the thing, right? And that's ego speaking. Like you're actually investing more for tribe, for the momentum, the energy, for the circulation of ideas, for the circulation of money, right? For supporting others. There's just so many benefits to, and also for the experience, right? Like someone who's done it, just a few steps ahead of you or a few years, 
they've learned a lot from the process, right? So instead of it taking you for so long, your investment is actually trickling it down. So exactly. Yeah. I, I think with both ways, you can get to the same destination. But it's yeah, a matter of do you want it to take years? Or do you want it to take a few months? So and also, one more thing is that I was reading yesterday a beautiful article on the feminine when I was researching some stuff for my friend on DMs, is that working independent by yourself is very masculine. Not a problem. We have to, you know, up, we have to support both masculine and feminine. But working with the collective, working in the energy of partnership is more feminine. And so for a lot of us, I think it's letting go of that you have to do it all by yourself. That's not true. You don't. Beautifully said, beautifully said. And it brings us back to sisterhood, to community, to, as you said, the collective. So So amen, such wise words there. So here's a big question, though. So I know a lot of us have big dreams and ambitions. And, you know, I'm so blessed to have such a big community of women that are really here to provide help and to help change the paradigm of this world. But there's that tricky balance, it seems, between serving and giving and leading and also nourishing yourself. How have you navigated that? Mm, I love this question. Well, definitely always having a daily practice, right? So always committing to yourself at some point in the day. For me, it happens to be the morning and I love it to be in the morning. Um, I'm not militant at all with what hour it is. Um, I like to flow with my days. Um, but at the same token, I, I just always honor a practice, whether it's 10 minutes, whether it's an hour. For me, it's minimum an hour, but it's because I enjoy it and I like to switch it up sometimes, you know. But um, so that's one way I nourish myself. But interesting enough, I was watching a Sean Corn, um, the, um, the yoga, international yoga teacher. She had a Zoom call maybe, I don't know, a month ago. And it was beautiful because it literally was like speaking to the yoga teachers, speaking to the healers, speaking to all the entrepreneurs that are serving right now, who's who's nourishing you. And so it's such a beautiful way to invite people to come into her practice and for her to offer, you know, for all of us that are actually, you know, um, shedding light and really uh, lifting up people with our energy, how are other people can, how can they nourish us? So I thought that was such a beautiful um, exchange. And what I loved about the practice, it was just a yoga practice, but obviously she, she had a a nice talk there. And um, one thing I'm really drawn to, like one of the Oracle decks that I have is with my ancestors. And so for me, you know, always having um, reverence for, our spirit guides, our ancestors, the people that have come before us and what I'm doing. I don't know. There's something about me tapping into that space and into the future people I'm serving that brings kind of the cyclical, I don't know, the cyclical energy that I feel like they've nourished me in some way from their past, right? Mm -hmm. Um, People who are guiding me are like holding space for me. I imagine my grandma or someone holding my back. And so I just imagine these energies holding me in the space. I've always felt divinely guided, you know, um, since very young. And so, um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if that answers the question, but it's definitely daily practice and remembrance of ancestors and remembering that we will leave and honoring the fact that there is death in the cycle. And it is okay, you know, so fully accepting the cycle and accepting that you decided to be here in this time 
and really making the best of it. You are so speaking my language using the word cycle because I think we are in a, we could say a death phase or an inner phase Mm -hmm. right now collectively on the earth as we're letting go of so much as things are, you know, slowing down. And that's such a, a profound remembrance to remember that all things are shifting always. And that doesn't mean that something more beautiful won't be birthed from it. So love it. (laughs) <laughs> Absolutely. And that and that's that's just everything. I think it's just more in our face right now. And you know, obviously people are losing jobs, we're losing loved ones. There's a huge grieving process going on for every single person. Um, but what can we learn from it um and accept from it as well? Um I'm not saying it's easy, but just as much as people are losing jobs, people are also getting jobs. People are also getting clients. People are starting new businesses. Innovation is starting. There's so much positivity in the earth right now as well. Um, And that is really the depiction of life, right? There's the ups and downs. And this is the roller coaster of life and the lessons that we need to embrace. And no one said it wasn't going to be hard, but we need to um, remember that this is the life path, you know? Exactly. Couldn't have said it better myself. So thank you for that. All right. I've got some rapid fire questions for you. Are you ready? Yes. Let's do it. Okay. So first, I'd love to know what is a mantra that keeps you grounded amidst so much change in the world right now? I would say I have definitely said in the last um, month or so, I am love. I am light. I am joy. I am that I am. The I am that I am is definitely one that I always um, cherish because it just brings me into the fullness of who I am and accepting of all that is. Beautiful. What are two tips you'd give anyone in business right now? The same ones that were given to me. Um, (laughs) (laughs) One is definitely get started, get online. You definitely need to get online and diversify your revenue streams, you know, um, I think in general, never change your vision, especially if you're already an entrepreneur and never change your vision and your dream, just change your approach, right? We have to become a lot more agile at this time or always. We need to switch up the energy, just like we invite movement into our body. We need to invite fresh energy into our businesses and switch it up. It doesn't mean that we have to quit, you know? Mm, That's such great wisdom. I love that. Okay. What is your non-negotiable morning routine that you mentioned? Okay. Um, there's so many, but in general, I mean, I always tap in, right? So whether it's silence, guided meditation, uh, right now, like specifically in the last two weeks, I've been enjoying, um, Kundalini. So I've been doing fists of anger. Uh, it's being done for a 40 day practice with Den Den meditation, a studio out in Los Angeles. And I really love her energy, the owner and love her Dharma talks. And so I've been tapping into that lately but in general always have space for a morning routine and I, I have the ayurveda in me so i definitely do neti pot nasya and tongue scraper religiously <laughs> good good oh so good what are the best business books you've ever read okay cass so <laughs> i'm gonna be honest biz books i actually haven't read in a long time maybe it's just like a leftover of not wanting to do that from corporate and just in general because i've been immersed in the experience of corporate and business so what i really am drawn to more are mindset books um mm. productivity books healing books of course 
And I would say that in the last month I read The Illusion of Money by Kyle Cease, which is more than about money, guys. So definitely read that. I think he came out with that book in October of 2019. And this one's an epic. The Courage to Confront Evil is amazing. It's Ooh. by Caroline Miss. And she's done amazing TED Talks. She's a beautiful um, vessel of wisdom. And But this week, literally yesterday, I downloaded two new ones and I haven't started them. But I downloaded The 5 a.m. Club by Robin Sharma and One Thing by Gary Keller. So we'll see how those goes. Amazing. I love the distinction you made, too, between mindset and business. They're so intertwined, but there is definitely a difference. Mm -hmm. What is a new hobby, if any, that you found with the pandemic? I've always loved cooking, but I've been far removed from it while I was in Bali. I didn't have like a bona fide kitchen with all the the stuff. So it was very um, bleak, if you will, in the last <laughs> few years. And for a person who literally prior to that would cook everything, I was sourcing stuff. I mean, my journey actually started a lot from healing with herbs, um, spices, and just in general, the kitchen. It was so important to heal by food. So it was such a contrast but that's okay. So now I'm back in, you know, all my loved ones' homes and it's been so beautiful to witness cooking, to cook myself. And I'm so excited to get more into that and the comforts of cooking and the community that it brings you with your with your family. I love it. Yes. Funny enough, that's been the same thing I've been doing. So I feel you. Mm-hmm. Baking too. Oh, good, good. See, baking for some reason, it doesn't translate as well for me, but working on it. (laughs) What is the silver lining that you are seeing right now in your world? I think the bliss and joy of being surrounded with more people that have started their journey into self, because like these conversations are what light me up, right? So that's why I enjoyed Bali, um, was just being able to talk to any stranger. And we would love to get deep into conversations about the soul and what matters in life. And if what's happening in this world right now being a huge awakening for more people, then I'm here for it because how exciting is it going to be to have a Bali in the U.S., if you will, you know, or just have have a, a community that's so much more open to talk about the real things that are plaguing them so that we can transmute them and be the best versions of ourselves, you know? Well said. It has been such an honor to have you here on the podcast. You are so wise. You have this feminine grace about you that is so magnetic. Mm. And so know that I admire and love everything you do and the way that you serve people in this world. So where can everyone find you and connect with you? Yeah. So my brand is She Vibes High and you could find me on Instagram. That's one of my main platforms. Um, And of course, I have a website, shevibeshigh.com. And definitely say hello. Um, And yeah, thank you for the kind words. Thank you for this opportunity, Cassandra. I also love your brand. I've been following it forever. And I look forward to co-creating with you in the future in real life, you know? I know. (laughs) Same sister. Yes. All right, beautiful friends. Thank you so much for tuning in. Make sure to go and find Jennifer on Instagram at SheVibesHigh. And we will talk to you very soon. Thank you for joining us, beautiful friend. Please share the love with a five-star review, text the episode to a friend, and connect with me on Instagram at Goddess Ceremony. Until next time.